to the Trails Collective interview series. How are you today? Doing good, and thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. So you are feeling good, though. You just finished a pretty impressive event. When did this, when did, um, so you did the Broken Ladder Challenge, which we'll get into that, but when did that end? Uh, so that ended last Friday. Yeah. Okay, okay. Friday. Everything okay. kind of has uh, run together uh, after we got to about, like, day 20. Everything just kind of, every day felt the same. So I'm still trying to kind of get back into the normal world after it all. So you didn't wake up on Saturday and be like, yeah, 34, let's go. They had actually posted on the site saying, uh, you know, Richard Weishner is going to do 34 today, prove me wrong. And I was like, hell no. <laughs> There's <laughs> not, a limit to our crazy. Yeah. So. so why don't you just start off by telling us what is the Broken Ladder Challenge? Uh, so the Broken Ladder Challenge was put on by Trent Swanson. Uh, he's the race director for the Algonquin Race Series uh, down in Southern Maryland. And basically the way it was set up was every day we added one mile onto the distance uh, that we are running. So day one was one mile, day two, two miles, and so on and so forth. Um, and each day he kind of had it set up with a curve until his curve was flattened. Uh, and, you know, we got down to, I want to say around day 25, day 26 was when it got down to like about the final five five or six of us and uh and on day 33 is when i finished out the uh last uh day and uh finished the ladder so it was a last runner standing uh basically the uh other runner michael maddox who was an amazing competitor and definitely pushed me each day uh he wasn't able to complete his ladder that day so um, I went out and finished day 33 and they told me around mile 27 what was going on and uh, it was very nice of them because it would have messed up my run at that point because uh, it, you know it was one of those things like mentally you were just like so in your own zone and I think if I would have known ahead of time I probably would have not felt like going out and running 33 miles. Yeah so um, well before we get into the the mental and physical aspects so what were you trying to do I mean did you train for this or was it oh, actually yeah it, it kind of came up as um, I was originally going to be doing another challenge uh, where it was every hour you ran one mile or uh, uh, porch uh, event. And basically, so each runner uh, signed up on there, you'd have to do one mile every hour. And it was also a last runner standing. That event actually went, I think, uh, 10 days. And the person that did it, you know, ended up doing something like 200 miles. And I was doing both those challenges around the same time. And I was a little bit more invested in the beginning and the other one. And then just on like a technical error, I started my watch uh, like a minute early. And so on Strava, it picked me up on there. A minute early and I was disqualified from the challenge and this was like you know the fourth hour of it and I was a little bummed and I was like all right well you know then I can focus in on this challenge and uh you know kind of see because I didn't think I was going to get nearly as far as I did uh, you know I was like you know maybe I'd make like day 20 or something like that but I, I had no idea that I would be able to you know go 33 days uh into it 
but yeah, there was no, I had done a couple hundred milers uh, in April. I was raising some money for the Anne Arundel Medical Center, which uh, is a local medical center here in Annapolis. And I was doing a, uh, for the COVID unit over there, and I had done a hundred miler to raise money for uh, food for the uh, local uh, staff there. So I'd done that hundred miler in April. So I think that was a good, like, base ground for me in terms of, I put some mileage on. It wasn't just kind of going into this, uh, you know, with no training. Well, Ian told me that you had put in like a 200 mile week leading up to this. So is this true? Um, leading up to the actual event, uh, I think the most I had put in was 135 okay. uh, for the week. But that was with that 100 miler gotcha. uh, on there. So it wasn't just like training running. Okay. Okay. So what, what is your like general mileage? Are you like my general (laughs) mileage is like, uh, around 50 to 70 miles a week. That's pretty, Uh, that's pretty stout. Yeah. So that was like my, my usual mileage. So, you know, to start getting into the one thirties, one seventies, you know, two hundreds, that that was definitely a all new territory for me. So all those really high mileage weeks though were around races. All those were like from doing this uh, event. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Now that makes sense because this is making sense to me. Um, (laughs) So how you thought you'd get to about day 20, which that means for everybody that he ran one mile the first day, two miles second, three miles third day. And so that would have been like 20 miles, then 19 the day before, 18 the day before. So that's still a lot of miles um, just to put on every day. Um, but you ended up making it to day 33. So how many total miles was that? I think it was around 569, 569 somewhere around there, I think was the final number. Okay. Uh, um, the, so what would happen if you got you guys had gotten up to like mileage that would have taken you longer than a day i they would have yeah i mean i i don't think there was any thought that that was going to happen to be honest like when he made the ladder uh, challenge he made it like out to five weeks because he didn't really think anybody was going to be pushing past that and when he saw that we were getting close to finishing the fifth week he was like he made a, a sixth week and then I was just looking at those numbers and I was like, <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> so what made you keep going then? I mean, if you look out, like I realize, like if you look out, you know, like day 40 or whatever, you're like, I never want to run like 40 miles and then like 39 <laughs> the day before or whatever. But I mean, you made it to 33. So there was obviously something keeping you going. Was it like just the momentum? Was it something extrinsic, intrinsic? What was going on? Um, I think there's a lot of different factors. Um, each day when I was waking up, I was expecting just to feel awful. Uh, at some point, I thought that it was just going to set in where I was going to step down and off the bed and just being agonizing pain. And every day I started to kind of feel a little bit stronger. My my times were actually getting a little bit quicker on my, on my runs. You know, I was still running like nine and ten minute you know, 30 mile runs. And I was like, well, that's, you know, now granted all this is mostly road. I did the uh, 50 K day, uh, the 31 miler, partly on trail. 
and I, I definitely paid for that the next day. I felt that a little bit more. <laughs> uh, you know, I was, I was trying to be kind of a little, a little brave on that. And I, I think it was just the momentum of it also. And then just there was a lot on the page. Uh, the race director, Trent, he, he was really good about kind of hyping it up as it got down just the last two of us. And I think just that competitive nature uh, also kind of took over. And then just seeing the other person post their times up and, you know, you, you can't help but applaud, you know, that partial uh, camaraderie and competitiveness, knowing that they're suffering through the same stuff that you're suffering through. And, you know, they're still pushing through. So well, I want to keep this going and see, see where they can take their limits to also. Um, and then I, I think I also became maybe a little compulsive with it <laughs> because. Okay. okay. Yeah. Let's like talk about this. Cause like, what if you did wake up and you just put your feet on the ground? Like we've all had those days where you wake up and the first step you're like, Oh, like you just, it's just sore. And you're like, Oh, glad yeah. rest day. But you're like, Oh no, 29 miles. So what did you think yeah. on those days? So on those days, I, I just would tell myself, like, I would start off in my community. I was like, let me just try and get, like, three or four miles down. And then I would, like, break the distance into fractions in my head and, you know, just be like, all right, if you can knock this out, then, you know, you're this far away. And then I would get maybe, like, six miles done in my community, and then I would venture out into the world and, you know, just kind of take things a little bit farther, maybe go into another community and work my way down. There's a, a, a city dock area. And so I'll work my way down there. But I tried to stay pretty, I would say, just in areas where I knew there weren't going to be a lot of people because I didn't want to be distracted with, you know, having to worry about people being around or anything like that. I was just kind of trying to be in my own little pain cave and <laughs> uh, put, push on through and, you know, work on different thoughts and, you know, a lot of reflecting, a lot of hours reflecting on different things, and like what uh, you know. Just, so I was a former 16-year smoker, uh, and so just you know, kind of the process of you know getting myself to the point where I was with one runner left to you know try and win something that I probably years ago would have never tried. Uh, you know, obviously with a lot of ultras, you kind of get towards the end of things, and those emotions kind of start to overflow and as I would finish up the runs each day, like, I feel pretty good about this. Like, you just, you know, get home, rest up. Uh, the biggest things for me were uh, stretching. Uh, that's what I, I had to keep in mind was the mileage I was putting down. I had to make sure I was taking care of my body uh, in other ways because I was starting to have Achilles problems um, on day 26. And I could definitely feel like I wasn't taking care of myself properly because just the mileage was getting pretty high and the last thing you really feel like doing after putting down that type of mileage is an hour stretching so uh, that was kind of big but um you know it was definitely like i said with the self-reflecting uh you know just kind of building on you know one step at a time and just being grateful for the opportunity to you know ha have you know something like this happen so it, um, it looks like you started ultra running in 2017. Is that the same year you stopped smoking? No. So I had stopped smoking uh, two years before that. Uh, and I was doing like hikes and I started doing a couple 5Ks, 10Ks. And then um, I did a 10 miler over here in Annapolis. And after that, I signed up for a 50K 
just like every idiot. <laughs> and so, you know, I went out there, uh, I was probably dressed looking like I was ready for 5k and I got absolutely demolished, but uh, I was fortunate enough. There was a gentleman named John who helped me out during the ultra. He was actually on his recovery run from the Eastern States 100 and he didn't say anything about it. And so when I finished with him, I thought I had done, you know, an amazing job and finished this, you know, it, with somebody that was a seasoned runner. And then I later saw his post saying that, you know, it was a good recovery run from his hundred mile race. And I was like, I got a lot, got a lot to learn. So, uh, you know, I didn't know anything about salt tablets. Um, you know, so it was definitely a, a very, uh, humbling experience. <laughs> well, you're doing pretty well. I still don't know anything about salt tablets. So here we are. <laughs> so um, I guess let's talk about like the mentality that you use to quit smoking. Do you think that some of that translates into um, just being able to gut it out in running? Because I know like it must have been hard. And so but it's like for me, I think that in when things get really hard in like a race or a workout, I, I comfort myself with like either this, like this will end soon or like I can do something hard. And I think that maybe like how I'm envisioning it is like you have a craving for a cigarette and you're like, this will pass similar yeah. or my, it, it was, I mean, I, I quit cold Turkey and it was just one of those things where I, I think for a lot of people, if they really take the time to set their mind to it, they can accomplish just about anything. And so that was just one of those things where I was like, this is what I want to do. And I'll have to change some things uh, if I want that to happen. And just kind of the same thing with running. You know, you don't run 50 miles without making a couple of changes in day-to-day -day activities. Um, and so that was kind of what I had to do with smoking was, you know, uh, didn't go out, uh, didn't, you know, hang around the same people that were smoking, uh, you know, made different choices in terms of like what I would do after work instead of, you know, don't have a cigarette, I would go run a half a mile or, you know, something like that. Just, uh, you know, that was my de-stressor. Uh, you know, I, I could decompress in a different way than I usually would. So, yeah, I, I'd definitely say there are some uh, similarities in terms of that mental fortitude that you need to kind of uh, stick with something. And I, I'm just uh, <laughs> still in shock sometimes that uh, I was doing that for 16 years. And sometimes I get a little mad at myself because I'm like, man, you know, see where you are now with your running. Like, imagine if you spent that time, you know, 16 years of it. But at the same time, we all have to take our own path, and you know. I'm, I, I wouldn't probably be where I am with it if, uh, you know, I'd started earlier, so. Um, so smoking is an addiction. Ultra running can be an addiction. Do you see, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, do you think you could see your um, addictive personality getting you into trouble with ultras? I mean, I, I'm pretty good in terms of, like, stepping it back after, uh, like, I did this challenge. I don't have anything. No more other challenges set up. <laughs> To go and do, uh, you know, made sure to kind of put some recovery days in, and with the races and stuff, I try and set them apart uh, far enough where I'm not like getting myself in every weekend uh, to do that. But I mean, if I was going to pick something to put it towards, I, I would, you know, I'd rather be doing the running than uh, doing the smoking. But 
definitely. I mean, there it, it is. I mean, because it is a different type of, uh, you know, a high in a way, you know, when you're out there pushing those limits and just kind of having all those chemicals flowing through all the time. And that was kind of my concern uh, as the days kind of wore on was the uh, chemical withdrawal of, uh, you know, you're riding this high every day for, you know, so long because, you know, you're doing marathon distance, marathon distance, marathon distance. And I was like, man, this is going to, it's going to have to come to an end at some point. So I've, I've been kind of tapering myself down on my runs, uh, doing like 18 miles, doing um, like today I did 10 miles. So not like I'm just completely, you know, taking a break from running, but making sure that I'm, I'm still getting out there a little bit. That makes a lot of sense. I know in my own training, sometimes taking like a rest day or having a day that's just like one or two miles reminds you that like, it's okay, you know, cause you just yeah. get in this, like, like you said, like a pattern, a routine and even, and it just, it's what your normal is. That's your normal chemical balance. And so having like a day or like even a week of like down just to like sort of rebalance the chemicals and remind yourself like, actually it's okay. You know, it's very important. And I think, um, yeah, I think you're being very smart about your recovery. Yeah. I mean, like today was, uh, it was a four mile run and then a six mile walk. Uh, you know, I was just out in the woods and kind of just a little nature thing. So that was, you know, just still being out in the woods, but I don't have to run every part of it. So. So how did you fuel your miles every day? Uh, with a expensive eating habit. <laughs> that was a, that was another concern. I was like, I'm burning so many calories every day uh, it was it was almost like a the uh, Michael Phelps type of calorie burn where I was burning you know just in my runs like 3,000 plus calories uh, on those runs so it was it was becoming taxing uh, that part but I love I food so while you're not, what's that I assume you eat while you're running I actually, I, I didn't do that too much. Um, really what I would do is I would eat about two hours beforehand. And I think because my body was just metabolizing stuff so quickly that I could eat for like two hours beforehand. And then I, and I would eat like a pretty decent sized meal. I'd have oatmeal, berries, fruits, uh, some home fries, and then wait two hours. And then I would go out for my runs. And usually the most I would bring with me would be like, one, one or two gels um, and like a Snickers bar. And I would just have my handheld uh, water bottle with me. And I'd go out and I knew where like all the gas stations and everything were. So if it really came down to like, I needed to get some electrolytes in, you know, I had some tailwind in there also. So I, I made sure that I was safe enough when I was out there, you know, cause I didn't want to get too far out and have something bad happen. Um, how, what was the, like, so how long were you out on that 33 mile day? Uh, the 33, I think took five hours and 30, 530. Like okay. That. So, I mean, people are probably going to think like he didn't fuel on his runs, but like, I mean, I kind of understand like if you're out there, mm -hmm. like I know it's not only five hours, five hours is a long time, but like if you have a plan and your body knows what's happening, like, yeah. I mean, it's same to be said for like running fasted in the morning like I mean 
personally, I just get up and go. And then I come back yeah. and my body knows she's going to eat a big breakfast when she gets home. That's just what it's used to. So um, I don't need to eat before I run. And so I think probably for you, your body was just like, he eats before and then he eats after. We'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think my body was fairly confident in the fact that afterwards I was putting down, you know, some calories. So it was definitely just switching up, uh, you know, big fan of the tacos and pizzas and everything else. So that, those were definitely, it got expensive, but at the same time, it was fun eating as much as I did. <laughs> so did so. you have any, um, physical breakdowns, any mental breakdowns out there? Uh, actually my, my one mental breakdown was the day before on the 32 miler, actually. Um, my body was a little beat up from doing the trail uh, 50k for the 31 mile and so when I went out it was actually a little bit warmer it was like in the 70s and so I've been running pretty much everything in the 50s and like low 60s so when it got up into like the 70s and the 70s uh, my body just wasn't used to it yet and it was kind of a humid day and I was going out there and I, I think around like mile 10 I had actually gotten really woozy and ended up taking one of the gels uh, just because I figured like my sugar was off something like that and started to feel better but it definitely was uh it was a day where I was just like kind of emotionally and physically broken down and then it was funny because right after that is when I was able to finish the 33 and the day 33 I felt great I think you know it's like a lot of runners you know just kind of go through those highs and lows and instead of being like a normal race where you go through these, this is like on a day-to-day -day basis of going through highs and lows. So, um, How that, did you get out of the lows? Was it just uh, I just kept my I just kept myself out there. Um, you know, thought about different things to be thankful of. Um, you know, my mom, she's always been a big supporter of uh, different things that I do, and she's been so happy that I, I took up running. And, uh, you know, obviously she is slightly concerned about the distances now, but <laughs> that's, uh, you know, she's happy with it though. So, you know, there's just different things to find gratitude about uh, is usually the way I'm able to kind of pull myself out of there. I always have this thing about like, you know, you just kind of go down into the abyss and it's bound to happen. And you just kind of got to pull on little, little strings of uh, things that you can be grateful for. And eventually you'll kind of get out of that uh, dark place. And, you know, sometimes like I would run into random people uh, while I was out on the road or people would see me and honk their horns. And, you know, so it was different, different little things that would always kind of boost my uh, morale up. Um, so you didn't think you were going to make it to day 33 and you did. Right. So what other things like do you think you're capable of now? I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't mind taking a shot at one of the uh, 200 milers. Uh, I think that's probably on my on my list, just in terms of like the strategy of doing it. Uh, obviously, the distance is, you know, a little bit bigger, but I feel like kind of staging these uh, days was a, a good way to test myself mentally and physically and see how my body repairs uh, a little bit of rest. Um, also, maybe just trying to look at uh, like stage races as well. Um, you know, where they, they had them set up, uh, you know, four or five days of doing like 50K distances. But there's a couple different races uh, around the area over here on the East Coast. I'm definitely like still looking at doing for the year. 
uh, just kind of has to see how races play out this year. Um, so you did run your first two 100 milers uh, last year, the Green Brewer Ultra in Boonesboro, which I've been there for JFK. It's very nice. Yeah. And then Cruel Jewel in Georgia. So, um, and you only started running ultras two years before. So was, when you started running ultras and you heard about, like you said, that man, John, telling you about a hundred miler, was that like the, oh, I want to do that? Or did it take a little I mean, bit? It took a little bit because when I did that 50K, I was so broken from it. And it, it was the first time I had gone on such a high. And then like, I was literally like depressed, <laughs> like 30 minutes after it finished because I was like, well, what do I do now? And then, you know, I took some time to kind of process everything and just enjoy the experience. And as, as the races have kind of gone along, I've learned how to uh, emotionally handle, uh, you know, everything that kind of goes along with a little bit better. And then I think once I completed my first 50 miler, that's when I, I was like, okay, you know, I, I think there's 100 maybe in like a year or two. And then the uh, 100 just kind of came around naturally where I was looking at Cruel Jewel, but I needed a qualifying 100 mile race. And so uh, Greenbrier was uh, a good stepping stone for that because Cruel Jewel was a wake up call uh, in terms of like what I needed, like, you know, people like, hey, you run 100 mile races. That's amazing. You're incredible. And I was like, now, the people I saw at this race running these things, they were incredible. I was like, I have a lot of work to do. What happened? Um, uh, it was just <laughs> everything and anything. Okay. Uh, it, it was definitely, it was, it was a really fun experience. I made some really good friends along the way on that race. Um, and then I also thought I was going to die probably like three or four times. Uh, I ran out of water one time and I was like literally, I think, half a mile away from the last unmanned water station but i ended up uh drinking a little bit of uh stream water because i thought that i was like i don't know it's the middle of the night i haven't seen anybody i'm delirious i've been up for 40 hours and uh i was like one problem at a time and then i found the water station i was like you're an idiot <laughs> but you know, I, I made it through, and uh, that was really cool because I did that without a pacer, and so that was a, a fun experience just in terms of trying to push it through, but my mom had actually come out to crew for me, and I was under the impression it would be a good idea, and then afterwards, I was like, that was a terrible idea because it was probably more stressful for her uh, the whole time, but uh, it was fun for her to see kind of the experience of like what goes on and you know, just watching people looking like they're ready to crumble and then kind of push through. And, um, you know, I, that definitely, that was a, a big boy race that, uh, you know, once I finished it, I was like, man, I think you're kind of capable of, you know, some stuff out west or, you know, different things. So, well, you know, to be, com to be fair, our trails are harder than out west. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm definitely capable of going out west. But I, we're, what we're doing here at the Trails Collective is to change that conversation because we think people should come here. Yeah. But no, no I, I and that's what definitely, um, like the, um, the one I'm looking at that I just got off the waitlist for was the World's End 100K. 
so looking at doing that one. Um, Pennsylvania and New York definitely have some uh, great spots. Uh, you know, in Maryland, it's kind of tough sometimes to find uh, anything with really good uh, vertical gain on it. So, you know, we have to travel up. Uh, you know, I've been up to the Ithaca area a few times. And so I always like that area. I feel hiking through the uh, Buttermilk Falls area over there. Good place. Yeah. And so um, actually I was uh, looking at that one and then I just wasn't sure with everything that was going on. So. Yeah, um, it's technically July 18th, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe make it over there. Gonna have to taper down your mileage a little bit. <laughs> um, so you say you're, so what do you do? Because I mean, I'm assuming that like all this running and then all the eating, and then you probably just want to like sit for the rest of the, your day. So what is your job? Uh, so I was the uh, studio manager for a fitness company for Orange Theory Fitness. Okay. And then so with uh, fitness studios being uh, closed down, um, you know, they had us doing a little bit of admin work, but otherwise, uh, we've been furloughed on that, uh, until they open back up. So that's why this, uh, was a little bit easier for me to kind of put down that mileage. Uh, I, I had a little bit more free time, uh, to do those type of things. So, um, let's talk about that. Um, where, what do they, where do you guys see, like, are you guys going to open? Like, do you, what do you know? Um, how are you putting I, in I think protocols? I, I think for right now, they're looking at some point in June uh, to open back up. Uh, it's also on a state level and county level uh, in terms of those things. So um, everywhere is a little bit different. And then it's also dependent on like the ownership and uh, how they want to do things because it's a franchise based uh, company. So, you know, they have corporate guidelines they have to follow, but uh, it's also the discretion of the ownership. Okay. But I, I would imagine probably coming like early June. Okay. Yeah, we have one. Um, they just put it in like it was supposed to open in March and yeah. it just, it's not open yet. Um, and then the cafe that I manage is inside of a fitness center. So they, they've also said like June, but I'll be interested to see. It's just, uh, it's very, it's very interesting, but I'm very glad that my exercise of choice is outside. Likewise. <laughs> yeah. So let's go back a little bit. Did you play sports in high school? Uh, so I played a little bit of basketball and lacrosse, uh, but otherwise I was more into like rock climbing, snowboarding. Those were my uh, kind of go-to. Okay, and um, where did you go to college? Uh, I went to Carroll College in uh, Helena, Montana. Okay, and how did you get involved with Orange Theory? And Orange Theory, uh, actually it happened to be somebody that I used to work with. Uh, they were taking over a place here in Annapolis and they were getting ready to open up the studio and they asked if I'd like to come in there. So, you know, I started off just kind of working the sales and then uh, took over as the studio manager uh, about a year later. Okay. Okay. That's neat. Yeah. Um, so goal races, do you have any that you, when things start, like, let's just say that everything that opens back up, where would you like to go next? Uh, for the next race, let's see. Um, do you like flatter courses, or do you like elevation? Or I like I like elevation. Why? Um, I I just like running hills. 
Uh, it's just, uh, I mean, even most of the stuff I did for this challenge was road based, but I would try and find any roads that had some hills on it just because I like the fluctuation. Uh, you know, I don't like to just run completely on flat surface. And it's, I like the challenge. You know, it's just kind of one of those things where, you know, you kind of work to get to the, the top of the hill and then, you know, enjoy it for a minute and then work on the next one. Although uh, with Cruel Jewel, uh, it was definitely one of those things where 32,000 feet was, <laughs> that that was pushing it a little bit. Yeah, that, uh, that sounds like a pretty gnarly race, especially if it was, was it hot? Uh, it was muggy, I would say, better uh, way of putting it. It wasn't like extremely hot, but at night, like when you would hope it would cool down, there was just no, no reliefs. Um, so where do you live right now? I'm in Annapolis, Maryland. Okay. So are most of your races on the East Coast? Yeah. So I actually haven't traveled out West for anything. Everything I've done is East Coast, and I've loved uh, all of it because it's been really good just, like, practicing on the technical terrain, uh, Pennsylvania, all the rocks, um, you know, and I'd like to get up to, you know, Vermont, somewhere like that, do a race. Um, Georgia was the farthest I've actually traveled for a race uh, to do the Cold Jewel. Um, everything else has been Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Maryland based. So who's your local like running company? Is it Annapolis Running? Um, so like the, actually the group that I go through is uh, Charm City Run in Annapolis. Okay. Um, they actually helped me out a lot during this challenge. Uh, Eddie Kelly, who's the uh, store manager there, she definitely kind of made sure she's kind of babied me a little bit along my running journey uh, because I came in uh, originally like in the wrong size shoe, uh, just a complete mess. And she, uh, when I started doing the ultras, and so she fixed me up and has always kind of like looked after me. And when she found out that this challenge was going on, she kind of made sure that I, I was properly taken care of. That's cool. Um, it kind of sounds like how um, I feel like Ian was with me in the beginning too. Like I, I, I went up half size of shoe, like I've done all that stuff. So yeah. no, I completely understand. It's just, <laughs> you need that one person to take you under their wing. Yep, exactly. Well, that's really cool. Um, so to close our interview, I just want you to, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram, Strava, do a website. Uh, for Instagram, it's just runrichrun83, uh, and then on Strava, it's Richard Weishner. Um, no websites, uh, just, I'm, I'm kind of just like a, a little grunt runner that, uh, you know, just kind of go out there and enjoy it and, you know, enjoy more doing the trail running, doing 400 plus miles of road running was, uh, <laughs> it was a fun experience, but I, I'd rather get back to the trails. I understand my friend Amelia and I did the, we took part in the quarantine backyard ultra and uh, yeah. we had a hard stop after 40 miles, but we did the same like route for that 40 miles, like four miles. And I haven't run there since I'm like, Oh, I got enough back, back in May or in March. That, yeah, that was a, uh, that was actually, uh, I, I did that one. It's like kind of the first challenge uh, during the whole quarantine thing. And I got to hour 20 and I was starting to have a little bit of pain. And I was like, oh, I'll just call it a day. But I had done it in my neighborhood, and there's an elementary school. And so basically, I just ran laps around the elementary school. 
And when I counted it down, it was like around 1,010 loops uh, around the uh, elementary school. <laughs> so when I run out of my community, I always have like a little trauma moment when I pass there. Yeah, yeah. No, we all have those, I think. <laughs> well, thanks again for coming on the show at such short notice. This was awesome. You, um, like, I had never heard of the challenge, and um, you did amazingly well. Uh, and so uh, I look forward to watching what you do next. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time to put me on. Yeah, well, um, good to talk to you, and I'll see you out there. Likewise.